Good morning, everybody. Morning. It's Sunday, May 31st, 2020, uh, and it's the Vickers Report. On Sundays, we uh, mostly just talk about, uh, you know, the issues of the day. And, uh, but uh, today we're going to be, begin with uh, some, and we'll, 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 you know, focus this uh, episode on some issues of police brutality and uh, the protests surrounding George Floyd's uh, murder. So... That's your uh, warning. A little, little bit different tone from usual. A, a different today, tone than it's usual. A day. Um, we just want to include it because, especially, uh, uh, primarily for people in the African American community, it must be just exhausting to, to hear this over and over. And uh, you know, it it's uh it's your warning. But uh, our 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 non-black listeners, especially, you know, people holding, uh, you know their 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 skin their skin color is a privilege white privilege so it's, it's important to talk about and think about this so uh so uh, let's get into it uh we're gonna begin with some words about george floyd and, and the aftermath of his murder there's a lot to be said in condemnation but we're, we're gonna begin with some praise first and foremost for darnella frazier the 17 year old whose video of george floyd's murder is likely why we know his name why the killer and his accomplices have been fired and the killer arrested, and why there have been widespread protests this week. The officer threatened her while she was filming, threatened to spray her with mace, but she kept filming for 10 minutes, providing undeniable evidence. What has become of the evidence and what will become of it, those are separate matters, but there is a long history of brave women as witness to violence, you know, Dorothea Ling and, and Dickie Chappelle and, and Rita Dove and so many others. And it seems worth pausing amidst our anguish and anger to note the extraordinary practical courage of Darnell Frazier. So let's not forget George Floyd's name or that of any of the other victims, but let us sing and loudly sing the name Darnell Frazier too. And I, I want to acknowledge that that point uh, was one that Lawrence O'Donnell made on MSNBC. That's part of what we're, the language we're using there. Good. Let's sing the name also of Killer Mike, who made the uh, following comments this this weekend. I didn't want to come and I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. Um, my cousin is an Atlanta City police officer and my other cousin East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta that even after becoming police, had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. And here we are 80 years later, I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment. Because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. 
So I'm duty bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable, chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better. Right now, we don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. And then it's it's an eight and a half minute uh, thing. We're going to go ahead to uh, the last couple minutes of it, but uh, we do recommend the whole of it. I hate I can't fix it in a snap. I hate Atlanta's not perfect for as good as we are. But we have to be better than this moment. We have to be better than burning down our own homes. Because if we lose Atlanta, what else we got? We lose an ability to plot, to plan, to strategize, to organize, and to properly mobilize. I want you to go home. I want you to talk to 10 of your friends. I want you guys to come up with real solutions. I would like for the Atlanta City Police Department to bring back the Community Review Board, one that Alice Johnson was formerly under, under Chief Turner. We need a review board here ahead of it before an officer does some stupid shit. We need to get ahead of it. That's my recommendation to my mayor and my chief. Let's get a review board. Let's get ahead of it. And let's give them power. We don't need an officer that makes a mistake once, twice, three times, and finally he kills a boy on national TV, and the next thing you know, the country is burning down. We don't need a dumbass president repeating what segregationists said. You start looting, we start shooting. But the problem is some officers black, and some people are going to shoot back. And that's not good for our community either. I love and respect you all. I hope that we find a way out of it because I don't have the answers, but I do know we must plot, we must plan, we must strategize, organize, and mobilize. Thank you for allowing me some time to speak. I'd like to appreciate our chief for what she said on YouTube. I thought it was very bold to do. I'd like to appreciate our mayor for talking to us like a black mama and telling us to take our ass at home. And I'd like to talk, like to thank my friend for convincing me to come here. Now defer to Joe Beasley now because he knows a hell of a lot more than we do. <laughs> very good. He's he's really brilliant. I, I think the eloquence there is just very very powerful. I know you have some reservations. Maybe, so so or... I would also like to talk. I think that was brilliant, and 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 none of that should be discredited. But I think there's also a more radical side to the opinions of some of the protesters, and I think it's worth discussing. Because, you know, it's it's not our place to say what's best. So I think 
including all of the different um, parts of social theory that go into this. I, th I think it's important to talk about. And I think especially talking about the radical side is important to talk about because the way the American media forever has characterized people like Malcolm X, you know, they, they, they always, you know, initially during the time of Dr. King, most people still hated him. You know, it gets characterized as if everybody loves him now and everybody on both sides of the political spectrum is quoting King, but at the time, most people but the other thing that's happened is everybody across the political spectrum, but especially on the more conservative side, is saying, well, King is an example of why peaceful protests are good and why somebody like Malcolm X with his more violent social theories should be ignored. And I think that's very dangerous because once you begin to say that, you're characterizing more radical social theories as just based on violence with no academic thought, no, you know, real intellectual discussion. And there's a lot that goes into this. Um, I think so, we, we, we really do have to acknowledge that if cities hadn't burned this weekend, that the conversation would be very different. And I wonder if uh -huh. there would be the same kind of prominence, even for speakers like Killer Mike, who is, exactly. as, as you were saying before we started, making the violence metaphorical rather than literal, but would mm -hmm. there be the same space for those metaphors if the literal images weren't there for people? So I want to talk about the concept of systematic racism, institutionalized racism, and why to a lot of people, the not just, you know, the police are bad and need to be reformed, as Killer Mike was saying, and held accountable, but there's a radical social belief in the abolition of prisons and the abolition of the police as two institutions that being built on America as a fundamentally racist institution that has been built to oppress, built by black people, but built so to oppress black people by whites. I, the the concept that the police are all bad because they're all agreed to oppress the laws of this country and not all the laws in this country are free from racial bias and they're very hard to enforce without racial bias the same way that the prison system is just in many ways a continuation of the system of slavery and it's not a recuperative institution. It's not a system built for, you know, repairing people and sending them back in the world. It's a punitive institution. So I think it's important to recognize that the violence of these protesters is because it's not a belief in some government held institution that's keeping everybody safe because it's not keeping people safe. Well, it's a they hit, okay, so we should hit back. I think, I think one of the one of the sets of images that has been most striking for me the last few days is the sense of how excessive and unnecessary are our usual situations of policing. Just because protesters, by and large, have be, been so impressively self-policing, if you want to mm -hmm. call it that way, or self-organizing, the amount of the, the so in this particular moment, the attempts at social distancing, mm 
Mm -hmm. right? The attempts at respecting people's space. And then to see the amount of hand sanitizers that are available at the mm -hmm. protest, the amount of water that's available for people at mm -hmm. the protest, the amount of support for people. For me, one of the fa the worst images that I saw yesterday were, was the image in Brooklyn of the po police vehicle plowing through a, a crowd of, of people. And I sure hope that cop isn't a cop on, on Monday because that cop who was driving that can be identified and he should be gone today. But the one that upset me most was this image in Louisville of a police car pulling up with sirens, a police truck, mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of water in a very orderly way, water containers surrounding a monument there. Mm -hmm. And some police come and shatter these water bottles, just mm -hmm. make a mess of them. And then a bunch of guys in riot gear surround the people who are wrecking things. That's not making people safe. That's mm -hmm. policing as destructive. In the presence of an image of people being self-regulating, of people being able to come together mm -hmm. and and adjust their own communities so that they can work as collective uh, ways of of living, so I think anybody who's impatient with um, impatient with people thinking that the only way to confront force is with um, force needs to start from a recognition that the force that they're confronting is excessive and unfair and unequal and, and inherently brutal. so inherently so. And I, you know, I was saying to you yesterday, I have a lot of respect for a bunch of particular police officers. I, I know, and, and, and including some African American police officers I deal with, um, where I work, but that doesn't change anything about the institution. And, and to me, there's a different, you know, I'm not saying I know exactly what to think about burning a police car or burning a police station, but it's a, it's different from attacking a police officer. And the violence against the symbols of police brutality, it seems to me, is very hard to rebuke ethically right now, mm -hmm. I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Should we go on to the other stuff we've got picked for today? Yeah. Or, yeah? I think... I just think, in conclusion, it's important, especially for allies, especially for non-black people, people that aren't in the community, to think about what are you focusing your conversation on right now? What conversations are happening? Because I can think of two instances of this. The most common I can think of is a lot of my white peers saying, well, I believe in protests, but they should they shouldn't be protesting violently. And I think that's not just an issue of whether you believe that the police aren't inherently violent and oppressive institution. I think it's an issue of, well, why are you spending your time after a black man has been brutally murdered by the police for the countless, you know, how many times has this happened? This has been happening for 400 years now, right? So what are you talking about and then the other issue the other time i saw it was i saw a lot of my non-jewish white peers talking about why it's time for jewish people to acknowledge their privilege and i think that's definitely true and very important yes. but that's an issue that should be dealt with in within from within the community and between the black community and the jewish community yeah but it's also an erasure of the fact that there are many people of color who are Jewish, 
We have Drake. And uh, there are many Jews for whom privilege would be a, a tricky term, a tricky I think, system. historically. I don't, I don't know that every Jew, every Jew is possessed of white privilege. So it's not a time to look at other non-black communities. It's a time to talk about your yourself as an individual, reflect on your privilege, and talk about and take action with what you can do for the black community. And there's a, a lot of guidance, by the way, on this, and I'm trying to comply with ones that strike me as um, appropriate. Ra- Rabbi Dania Rutenberg, who I respect a lot, um, posted... Um, something from uh, Morel Cassandra Harper uh, earlier today called Ten Steps to Non-Optical Allyship. And um, and it's a hard ten steps, mm-hmm. and it runs counter to some of my own instincts, but it's a good guide. It's not the only such guide mm-hmm. that's uh, available, but, but no one has to feel like they have to make up strategies for mm-hmm. coping with us. We're getting a lot mm-hmm. of smart good yeah, instruction right definitely. now Very good. and there are african-american leaders we can attend to and you pick the ones you know that you feel like you can respond to but that challenge you that mm-hmm. that make you do Not things ones that, are that you feel uncomfortable with yeah uh-huh yeah very good um, all right let's move on then yeah so uh you know we talk and this is a thing to talk about as an issue but we've been talking sometimes about how various celebrities are dealing with things now, I kind of like um, Chris, Chrissy Teigen, something that she did on Twitter yesterday. She was responding to the president's declaring last night MAGA night. And she said, in celebration, whatever the F MAGA night is, I'm committed to donating 100000 to the bailouts of protesters across the country. And then somebody responded to her by calling the protesters rioters and criminals. And she responded back. Ooh, they might need more money than make it two hundred thousand, which I think is great. Yeah, just that's how you do it, you know. If you some if somebody challenges you on this stuff, you go in, you double down, you double down, you double down, and that I think is a really good model. And uh, she's posting a lot. You know, I'm I've I've made fun of Chrissy Teigen on here. I don't really get what she does, but um, mm-hmm. she reposted a lot of good stuff yesterday, including something from Roy Wood. Junior, who's somebody we respect, talking about lawyers offering pro bono services for arrested protesters and uh, trying to collect information on that. And then the, the other one I want to allude to quickly, number one draft choice in the NFL draft, a quarterback named Joe Burrow, white guy, posted this. The black community needs our help. They have been unheard for far too long. Open your ears, listen and speak. This isn't politics. This is human rights. So a, t- a tweet isn't heroic. A tweet by a rich white guy isn't heroic. But he said the right thing there as far as I'm concerned. He got slammed for it. Mm-hmm. His demographic is not the same as Killer Mike's or whatever. And so it means a little bit different for him to take a, a stand. And um, and by the way, Taylor Swift just was fantastic in I'm going after um, the president's racist comments. Mm. Just fantastic. So... You know, we don't want to make too much of white people right. who are standing up. It's a up, difference but... between the fact that it's not to be celebrated because the people to be celebrated right now are the black activists, you know, putting their life on the line often. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's exhausting and they don't have a choice as to whether to be exhausted. So anytime as somebody who isn't black, you feel exhausted dealing with this, let yourself be exhausted and 
let yourself be tired, but keep going, keep working at this stuff. And and one of the most despairing of the um, black voices that I've heard this weekend, but also one of the most eloquent is Eddie uh, Claude Jr., who's hmm. um, teaches at Princeton University and is um, an important commentator. And here's a here's an expression of that exhaustion. He says. We are caught in a double bind. We need the video footage to convince white America that what is happening to us is real. But that same footage then becomes the stuff of spectacle. People's appetite for black suffering, to borrow formulation from Susan Sontag, quote, is as keen as the desire for ones that show bodies naked, end quote. In either case, we are left dealing with what white people think and confronting the undeniable fact that black people are still being killed by police at alarming, horrifying numbers. To be honest, these days, I can give less than a damn what white people think. And I, I don't yeah. want to say anything more than that, I don't, except I don't blame them. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. no. of course, I yeah. guess. So, um, I, I picked juice, some... Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so Juice World's family came out with... Yeah, uh, we've, we've talked uh, about Juice World on the podcast, and as it's a good time, as is any time, to be uh, highlighting black artists, Juice World came out with uh, a, a new posthumous uh, single featuring Trippy Red. Uh, it's called uh, Tell Me You Love Me, and uh, I've listened to it. I'm, I'm not crazy about it, but I think it's pretty good. I think his first... Uh, single righteous was a really really brilliant thing and so I, I just you know I like to see more come out in the wake of that so it's 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 cool to see another single from him you can go listen to it and, and see what you think and then um, we've got two things to sort of con- conclude with today one um, Cindy Blackman Santana who's, who's Carlos Santana's wife has uh, made a remake of John Lennon's and Yoko Ono's famous song Imagine, song you hear maybe too much, maybe too much at these times, but um, I heard it today on um, presented by uh, uh, somebody who does alternative Latino music, and he talks about it as like Jimi Hendrix's remaking of the Star Spangled Banner it's, it's a really angry version of Imagine mm. It also happens to be a benefit for an important um, food aid uh, charity, Why Hunger Charities Rapid Response Fund. And every time you stream the song, um, money goes to them. So even if you don't love the song, it'd be worth just giving it a, a lesson. And so we're going we're gonna to play a bit as we uh, go out today while we also just read some names, right? We're mm-hmm. going to um, read some names of some of the... Um, black people who've been killed since Eric Garner um, was, and we won't read all the names. What we're reading from isn't even a comprehensive list, but just saying the name seems like an important thing to do today. So here's uh, that version of Imagine that uh, I described to you, and I'll keep it low so it doesn't distract from from the names. And go, go ahead and I'll... Eric Garner, John Crawford III, Michael Brown, Azel Ford, Dante Parker, Michelle Cousseau, Laquan McDonald, George Mann, Tanisha Anderson, Akai Gurley, Tamir Rice, Humane Brisbane, Jerame Red, Reed, Matthew Ajubade, 
Frank Smart, Natasha McKenna, Tony Robinson, Anthony Hill, Mia Hall, Philip White, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, William Chapman II, Alex Alexia Christian, Brendan Glenn, Victor Manuel LaRosa, Jonathan Sanders, Freddie Blue, Joseph Mann, Salvato Ellswood, Sandra Bland, Albert Joseph Davis, Darius Stewart, Willie Ray Davis, Samuel Dubose, Michael Sabi, Brian Keith Day, Christian Taylor, Troy Robinson, Assam's Pharaoh Manley, Felix Kumi, Keith Harrison McLeod, Junior Prosper, Lamontez Jones, Patterson Brown, Dominic Hutchinson, Anthony Ashford, Alonzo Smith, Tyree Crawford, India Kager, Levant Biggs, Michael Lee Marshall, Jamar Clark, Rishan Perkins, Nathaniel Harris Pickett, Benny Lee Tigner, Miguel Espinal, Michael Noel, Kevin Matthews, Betty Jones, Quentin Olegrier, Keith Child Childress Jr., Jan Janet Wilson, Randy Nelson, and Anthony Scott, Wendell Celestine, David Joseph, Celine Rockmore, Dizon Perkins, Christopher Davis, Mark Allowed, Peter Gaines, Tori Robinson, Darius Robinson, Kevin Hicks, Mary Trixillo, Demarcus Summer, Willie Tillman, Terrell Thomas, Silville Smith, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Terence Crutcher, Paul O'Neill, Alteria Woods, Jordan Edwards, Aaron Bailey, Ronell Foster, Stephen Clark, Antoine Rose II, Botham Jean, Pamela Turner, Dominique Clayton, Tatiana Jefferson, Christopher Whitfield, Christopher McCorvey, Eric Reason, Michael Lorenzo Dean, Brianna Taylor, and George Floyd. All um, names of people killed, black people killed by, killed by police, police since Eric Garner was, and uh, there have been others too. As we say, it's not a comprehensive list. This is, um, again, Cindy Blackman Santana. Um, stream it to get some money to a food organization and imagine a world where this doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And make it happen. Yeah. Think about it, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking with us.